Today's podcast is brought to you by Something Blue by Anita Kay, specializing in wedding and event photography. Visit her page on Facebook. For those in love, capture those memories with Something Blue by Anita Kay. Another sponsor of the program is Lee's Tees. He uses high-quality t-shirts, and the designs and the colors are crisp. He has a graphic artist on the payroll uh, who can design pretty much anything that you want to have on a t-shirt. So if you're a comedian or you're doing a family reunion or some kind of fundraising thing and you need t-shirts, go to leestees.com. That's L-E-E-S-T-E-E-Z.com. And our last sponsor is KB Remodeling, Inc., Kevin Brown is the owner of his company. He uh, is an amazing whiz with pretty much any repair that you need around your house, uh, whether it's cement or kitchen remodel, bathroom remodel, floors, fences, sheetrocking, you name it, this guy can do it. So if you live in the Minneapolis area and you need any work done around your house, please check out kbremodelinginc.com. This is Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast with Mark Poulos. So fuck you and fuck your baby and fuck your wife. And Why fuck them all? So you have to understand. We're recording at a barbecue gas station. We're not pausing this to put a baby in there. So, uh, so you can just stop it, right? You're half drunk and high oh, trying to read a map. Right, we We're literally... We are on, <laughs> on the edge of the Grand Canyon. That's my whole job when I'm on the road is protecting my butt. Stoner! And the fat man. He says, man... You really need to turn your life around. Fuck you, Mark. Mark, pull up this <laughs> Hello, folks, and welcome back to the Unbridled Enthusiasm podcast. I am Mark Poulos, as always. Today on the podcast, I have a fun uh, interview with Matt McClowry. He's a comedian from Detroit, good friend for a long time. We've done uh, a couple contests and festivals together, and uh, just a really good writer, uh, bright he's got uh interesting point of view and and uh like a different cadence on stage and and he's just good so it's uh it's nice to talk to him we we chat a bit of wrestling with uh the whole hulk hogan thing that's come out in the last couple weeks um chat about some of uh some road stories and uh and then he takes on the dreaded five horrible questions. So here is my interview with Matt McClowry. Enjoy. Yahoo! You know, try to be, you know, uh, natural. No, no, good, good luck. Okay. <laughs> so on the program today, famous comedian Matt McClowry. How you doing? Hi, Mark. How are you? <laughs> good. So we are uh, together here at Dr. Grin's in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, yes, doing yes. a great show here. And yes. uh, staying at the same ridiculous hotel. Yeah. And uh, what are we contending with? I think there's... Uh, Brian Adams. Bri- well, no, just the hotel in general. I oh. think there's a cheerleading squad yeah, here. Yeah, there's a cheerleading squad. I think there's a baseball. Kids kid baseball. Kids baseball. Yeah. I thought I saw some wrestlers. Yeah. Like, not wwe wrestlers yeah. but uh regular amateur kid wrestlers. wrestlers yeah <laughs> i just don't get it man i stayed out in vegas one time in a uh-huh. hotel they had um something like pole vaulting championships or oh, some really? ridiculous thing and i'm just like 
Like how does how does Grand Rapids become the nationals for cheerleading in the entire country? Like how did that end? Is up? it an, is it the is it really? Yeah, that's what it said on one well, of those I, trucks out there. You know, they use oh. that soap paint. You know, We're yeah, to nationals. Yeah. Well, I mean, this year, you know, it's probably someplace yeah. else next year. So uh, we might as well just get into it because I am a huge wrestling fan. Yeah, you are a huge wrestling yeah. fan, and one of the biggest stories that's broke in the last couple weeks hulk hogan is a racist well yeah <laughs> didn't I mean, really surprise anybody well i mean i don't know it depends on how you define that i mean <laughs> do you i i guess i didn't really read into the story as far as most people did what exactly is well i'm not gonna repeat did, it no no <laughs> i'm just saying like what did he 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 called the rock the n word? Uh, that's a rumor. I, I that that might be true. I don't think that that's true. The transcripts okay. they have, uh, he does not mention the rock. Uh, the transcripts oh, they have, okay. he's uh, laying in bed, uh, talking to uh, you know. It was it's you know. Yeah, it's this. It's the part of a tape. sex tape. You know, and this, this is a. I, I there was rumors of a sex tape. Is this a new sex tape? Or yeah, is this it's a the new sex tape. It's a new like I guess it's a new sex tape from around the same time frame. Yeah, because I remember when the sex tape came out. It. Yeah, <laughs> who wants to watch Hulk Hogan have sex? <laughs> yeah, somebody does. I don't. I don't know if there's many people that want to watch him wrestle. At this no, point, no, man. not really. No, he you can't. Two, two new knees. Oh and yeah, a, and a new hip. Yeah, that always made me and my brother laugh because uh, my brother's, a, you know, he was a huge wrestling fan too, and uh, Hulk Hogan had his his big leg finisher, was yeah, his big leg finisher, and he did it for years, mm-hmm. and he did it so much that he had to get his knee, yeah, and he couldn't his do it, replaced. <laughs> it. Like by the end of his career, like he was like switched to the other leg, <laughs> and then there was like like imagine I just saw there was one with like Shawn Michaels where he does all this stuff. Uh, you know the, the the punches the big boot, and then yeah. somebody else runs in and stops him from doing the leg drop. And then Shawn Michaels kicks the guy, and they get the pin. And then it's just like, well, that's you know, you think, oh, well, he didn't, you know, he got interrupted, he didn't need to. But it's a you know, a smarter fan, you're just like, he can't do it anymore. <laughs> he can't do the pink yeah, leg. He literally, anymore. like he I said, yeah. What was there? Uh, I I feel like it was SummerSlam not too long ago where the big match was Shawn Michaels Hulk Hogan yeah. against each other mm-hmm. and it was probably one of the saddest matches i ever had to watch because uh, Hulk Hogan just was an old man like Hulk- he couldn't do anything well Hulk Hogan was an old man <laughs> and i guess my understanding of that was Shawn Michaels didn't want to lose that night he didn't want to put Hulk Hogan over like yeah. the the idea at the time was that they were gonna you know trade a, a win and a loss and all that, but Shawn Michaels kind of uh, had a fit about it and he just comically oversold everything in that match. I don't know if you like if you go did, back and yeah. watch the highlights of it. He's just and to me it was almost like I didn't even think it was a, like I didn't even think it was an insult necessarily. Yeah. I thought oh he's just trying to make Hulk Hogan look you know like a monster. <laughs> but he's yeah he well was, i remember like it was the raw that was right after uh, that and Shawn michaels i think was the first guy to come out and start talking yeah and he was like you could tell that he was just mocking the whole match yeah like he was like well you know 
I thought I had it there, but then that that energy yeah, started yeah. flowing through him again. Yeah. It's like he was totally just, you know, mocking the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, when he starts yeah. talking up, it's like, I never understood. Why, why does the guy punch him? Have you <laughs> never watched a, a Hulk Hogan match? Do some scouting. I know. And they, they get to that point where they're just about to choke him out. Yeah. And that third drop of the arm. Yeah. Oh and he comes God, back up. Here he comes. And I don't know what that was. You know, like when I was a kid and when I got older and I'd watch wrestling and stuff and the old guys would run down the ramp, you'd just be like, this is amazing. Yeah. And I don't know. You get to the point where you're just like, I don't know if they can even run down the ramp anymore. No, no, you know? no, they can't. They kind of limber down there and... You know, I I think the uh, the more exciting guys that are out there now are fun to watch. You know, but then again, those guys that are doing all the high flying shit, uh-huh. they're getting hurt like yeah, in yeah. astronomical numbers. Yeah, it's bad for you. What was that fucking kid where his finisher was like some kind of a backflip thing off the top rope? Uh-huh. Um, he would backflip and he would hold his feet. And then like land on some. I think it was like Evan. Evan, yeah, I know. something like that. Was it Evan Bourne? I think that was his name. Yeah, he lasted for like three months. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Out. <laughs> yeah. What was that other match where uh, didn't Brock Lesnar try to do a backflip? And well, Brock Lesnar, he used to do that that shooting star press move, and I mean Brock Lesnar is you know I mean one of the if not the best athlete to ever wrestle so <laughs> yeah he would do it like he would his was better than any little guy who did it oh. like I, i've seen videos of him doing it in dark matches and o- ovw ohio valley wrestling this is getting really insight <laughs> really but inside. and he would just you know he would like he could do it like across the ring and Holy just shit. yeah he got so much. He got so much eleva- elevation and so much distance. It was. I mean, it was. It was. It was incredible. But like then, you know, he when he came when they put him on TV, you know, they wanted him to be this big monster, kind of more lumbering, less. You know, they didn't want him doing stuff like that. And then it was WrestleMania. So stupid. Yeah. Then it's WrestleMania where he's the World Heavyweight Title match against Kurt Angle. And both of those guys, I mean, Kurt Angle's like neck was nearly broken prior to getting into the ring for that match. And, uh, yeah, he he decided, they decided that that was going to be the finish for the match. And I remember watching it and Angle just, Angle himself just wasn't really in the right position. Yeah. I think if he had tried to move him to a different spot, maybe they'd work. I don't know if they had yeah. worked it out before. He was too close. Yeah, because he oh, just okay. yeah he tried to do it and he, he didn't to... hit Angle and he just landed right on his neck. Yeah, and somehow he had the presence of mind to pick him up and do his uh, F five finish, mm. and apparently he he doesn't remember even remember that part. And if you watch that, they throw him the belt and he's just laying there, just out on his feet. And then in the backstage, like apparently backstage, like Kurt Angle was in convulsions. Like both oh, guys Jesus were, yeah. Christ. Well, did you have you ever seen? Uh, I'm sure you've probably seen Mick Foley do stand up. Yeah. I know I have and not seen his stand up. Oh, okay. my, my friend Mike O'Keefe, I'm sure you know Mike. Yeah. He's open for him before. Yeah. Well, he tells a story at the end of his set about uh, the whole Hell in a Cell match uh-huh. with the Undertaker. Yeah, 
And it's so funny because he talks about how he goes off the top and he goes through the table mm-hmm. and he he was knocked out yeah. like cold. And when they were giving him his in a, in, uh, induction into the Hall of Fame, they show the video again and he said, I don't know why, but I guess I, I had never been watching it as intently as I was that night because it was such a special occasion. And he said... I never noticed that after I went through the table that the undertaker went over to Terry Funk and asked him or said something to him uh-huh. and then walked away. And he goes, I always wondered what the hell he said. Uh-huh. And he said to Terry Funk, go make sure he's not dead. That's what he <laughs> said. And so he went over there and he realized that that he wasn't dead, but he was knocked out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Mick Foley's like, in the olden days, if somebody was knocked out, you would just, like, cause a disruption until they woke up again. Mm-hmm. He's like, nowadays, they just, that's the end of the match, you know, mm-hmm. the 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 EMTs come in and they call mm-hmm. it a dead match or whatever. But uh, he goes, that, those days, you would just, like, mm-hmm. cause a ruckus. Yeah. So he came back to The Undertaker and he said he's knocked out cold. So they're like causing a ruckus, uh-huh. and Undertaker choke slammed Terry Funk through the other table so hard that his shoes fell off. Oh jeez! <laughs> and Mick Foley goes, "People always ask me what I was thinking when I woke up from going through the table," and he goes, "Honestly, the first thing I thought is all I saw was Terry Funk's shoes, yeah. and I said, are those my shoes?'" <laughs> <laughs> but the. Uh, the other story he tells about how he toured with Stone Cold and Diamond Dallas Page, mm-hmm. and they used to share a room together. And for yeah. some reason, Diamond Dallas Page every night would want to take a shower, uh-huh. and then he would air dry. He would yeah. just like walk around naked. Yeah, <laughs> and he had bad knees, so he would like wrap his knees in saran wrap. Yeah, yeah, I remember all that from the book. Yeah, yeah. So then uh, one night, apparently, a fan brought chocolate chip cookies uh-huh. to their room to say thank you or yeah. something. So they were just tired of Diamond Dallas Page walking around naked, so they put all the cookies in his bed. Yeah. <laughs> and he got in there and was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that story. Chip cookies. So that was in the book. I didn't read the book. Yeah. That's yeah, kind of cool. It's a good book. Yeah. I don't know if uh, if you watch his entire stand-up act, if you can really consider it stand-up Yeah, comedy. he's more of a storyteller. Yeah, it's just basically... An evening with your idol type of thing. Yeah, much yeah. I mean, I mean, he draws an audience of wrestling fans. So I mean, that so one. coming back to Hulk Hogan, um, I mean, I'm sure you remember the whole Chris Benoit scenario. Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, how they completely erased him from erased the, him from history. The WWE universe, obviously, a lot more uh, disgusting and severe crime yeah, than very... he's done. I don't know. I guess I just really haven't read into the stories much with Hulk Hogan. Um, I don't know. Does it really warrant in a complete, you know, erase from the universe? I don't think it does, and I don't. I don't think it will. Yeah. I mean, for God's. I mean, I mean, I mean, for God's sake. If this is a you know a guy. One thing that he had a sex tape two years ago. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. He lied about doing steroids uh, on Arsenio Hall. Uh, he assaulted Richard Belzer on television in, uh, in 30 years ago. I mean, you would think he's, he's fairly Teflon at this point. Yeah. But, I mean, I think that N-word thing is just one of those things where it's just like... And, I mean, do you look at the other people? I mean, 
Michael Richards is on TV again. Dog the Bounty Hunter's back on yeah. TV again. I think you got you kind of got to wait sure. for it to uh, sure blow over, I guess. Yeah. So one of the one of the biggest stories in wrestling for a long time was uh, was the Undertaker streak at WrestleMania. Yeah. How did you feel about that whole thing shaking out? I thought it was kind of stupid. I thought it was kind of ra- I mean random, but I mean at the same time it's like. Uh, well, I mean, I that match. I remember seeing the, that match a little bit, and it was just. I mean, how else are you gonna do, do that logically? Yeah. Brock Lesnar is in the ring with this very old man, and because uh, <laughs> yeah. he fought some huge like, yeah. idols of people through the years to get mm-hmm. to that undefeated yeah thing. And well, it wasn't really a, like the thing is the streak was just one of those things that kind of happened because I remember he won every year at WrestleMania for a while, but they never really acknowledged the fact that there was a, a winning streak. Yeah, an undefeated streak. Uh, and then after a while, they were like, hey, and then they made a thing out of it. Yeah, because they but, were like, I don't think anybody's noticed, but I think he hasn't lost yeah. in a long time. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's make yeah. that a thing. That's And that's what they that's what they did. Well, but. That's, it seems like they, they're trying to do that a lot more in the WWE right now, where mm. it's not just about the belts, mm. that it's these other... They're not allowed to call them belts doing. anymore, either. Did you know what that? are they called? They, I think they can only call them championships. Are you sure? Yeah, it's a weird Vince McMahonism. Yeah, he's got weird, you know, like they don't. He doesn't like him saying wrestler. He likes him saying superstar. It's not wrestling. It's uh, sports entertainment. <laughs> there was a, somebody. There was a thing on uh, Reddit. I don't have it in front of me, but there was a thing uh, where there was all these production notes with these very specific instructions for uh, WWE announcers. You know? Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, among other things, it was like. They're not the fans. They're the universe. And it's just... It sounds insane. It's re- Yeah, it's not. Well, that guy's obviously yeah, he's, not... Well, he's out of his mind. Well, they released that video yesterday of him using the N-word on my... I mean, it wasn't yeah, the it was ER, like, but it was the A. Yeah, it was not... It was, but he's I was still like, saying it. It was like nine years ago, <laughs> yeah. Booker T. Yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, uh, it was uh, that was obviously a joke about you know, but 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 again, it's like yeah, is, is WWE really going to be the uh, firing Hulk Hogan? Are we really going to go back and say that they're the uh, bastions of uh, yeah. political Boy. correctness, <laughs> taste, and sensitivity? I don't get it, man. No, but uh, yeah, we don't have to talk about wrestling. Oh time. no. Thank being God. A, a stand-up comedian in this uh, crazy business. Uh-huh. You uh, taped your first comedy album? Yeah. Uh, what I is ta- it called? It's not called Uncomfortable. <laughs> I like it. I yeah. like that name. No. You taped it out in Seattle? I taped it at the Comedy Underground in Seattle, yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. It's... How did you feel about the recordings? I know uh-huh. every time I, I had taped one of my albums, I would go back and listen to it and just be like, I don't think this is good enough, but I'm like, I'm not going to go redo it. So, well, I mean, the recording quality is, is very high. I'm, I'm very satisfied with that. I'm not necessarily um, satisfied with my performance on it or by any stretch of the imagination, but at the same time, I feel like uh, it's also my first album. So, mm, yeah. Um, yeah, if I went back and listened to my first album, it would be a cringe fest. Yeah. I mean, some of those jokes are so bad. Yeah. 
But those fir- the first two albums that I did, they were completely by accident. Like I was doing, I was in comedy for like four years, and I was doing uh, Nitwits in Sioux Falls with Bob Zaney, uh-huh. and he had paid a bunch of money to have this whole company come down to tape his new CD. Oh, okay. And the guy came up to me and he goes, we've got all the equipment. He's like, if you want me to tape you too, just throw me 50 bucks. And I was like, oh, all right. So I taped it and took it home and I listened to it and I was like, this isn't half bad. So I just cut it together and made a comedy album. Yeah. And the same damn thing happened the second time. I was working at One Liners in Indianapolis with uh, Jeff Caldwell, uh-huh. and the Bob and Tom show came down to take oh, wow. him because he was one of the one of their guys. Uh-huh. And I got done with the end of the week, and this guy just he handed me a couple discs, and he goes, "I taped a few of your sets just to kind of get the levels right and whatever." He's like, "They're usable. They sound pretty good." And I'm that like, was One Liners. Yeah, did you ever do one-liners? Oh no, I because I remember read uh, Jeff Caldwell. I have J- Jeff's album, yeah, uh, and I just I thought it was at Morty's. Well, no, yeah, he. Uh, I don't know. So what happened was, uh, one-liners was more of like a, kind of a blue-collar kind oh, of okay. club. Okay. And uh, so I was destroying him every night. Oh, because he's got that kind of. He's a very cerebral Smart, comic. Yeah, cerebral stuff. So at the end of it, I said, uh, "I said, so how did you think about the recordings?" And he just started laughing, and he's like, "We're we're just gonna delete all of that. And <laughs> I'm gonna do it again next month." That I think he did it downtown crackers. Yeah. Or something. Oh well, I, I love Jeff. He's just never. I've never <laughs> seen anybody leave the room faster after the Late Show. <laughs> really? Yeah. No. Well, he, just, he is out, he is Dave out the Coulier door. Is uh is pretty much the record that i saw oh yeah <laughs> i did uh oh, what the hell club was it i think it was comedy etc two uh-huh. in fairview heights illinois and uh so it was thursday friday saturday and thursday he did uh the show and then he just left like there was a bunch of people that wanted full house stuff signed and take pictures and he just left so friday they he got a shipment of cut it out t-shirts oh yeah <laughs> And so he went out there and he met everybody. He took pictures. He signed all this memorabilia, and he sold all the T-shirts on Friday. Oh yeah. So Saturday, the early show, he just went to the green room, uh-huh. and the owner got all pissed because he's like, "I'm paying this guy a lot of money. I want him to hobnob with my patrons." Yeah. So he like brought a bunch of people back to the green room and forced them to sign the That's memorabilia. <laughs> but the late show, he said, "Thank you. Good night." And then I was waiting to say goodbye to him, and and Art was like, "He's already at the airport." That's <laughs> I was hilarious. Like, Holy shit! <laughs> but I worked with him again at the uh, House of Comedy in Minneapolis, and I knew he was kind of standoffish about uh-huh. stuff, so I just kind of let him be. And I think it was Friday he came out. He was like, "Are you ever going to come hang out in the green room? Like, what are you doing?" And I was like, "Oh, I I thought you wanted your privacy." And he's like, "No, come back there." Yeah, yeah. So we sat and chatted about comedy and stuff, and he talked about how he hates meeting audience members after oh, yeah. the show. He goes, I think it's the stupidest thing ever. And uh, he's like, but my wife's like, I got to get out there because I got to sell some stuff or uh-huh. whatever. He's like, I don't want to sell anything. And I'm like, oh, God. Do you have any uh, funny famous person stories? Uh, let's see. I, uh, you got to tell that Louis Anderson. I worked <laughs> with Louis Anderson one Louis time. Anderson well, I didn't even know. Like the thing is, I didn't even know I was working with Louis Anderson that weekend. 
And it, like the club didn't know I was working there that weekend <laughs> then necessarily. Wait, where was it? It was at the now defunct uh, Harrisburg. What the hell was the name? Like comedy Second Street Comedy Club, Harrisburg, oh, okay. Illinois. Where I don't know where they kept bringing in these special engagements. I don't know where they found the money for them, but they would bring like Louis Anderson. It's like, what is his schedule like? It's like. <laughs> Las Vegas every like yeah. every week and then one week in Harrisburg. It's not even <laughs> like as a corporate or anything. It's just <laughs> sea room and it does baffle me sometimes when I see the schedules at these smaller clubs uh-huh. and somehow they have the money to bring in Pauly Shore yeah. or yeah. Del Nell Rollins or some bigger name. So you're like, all right, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then so so. I remember that with that day. I got there. I got there early. I checked into the hotel. I left because the hotel wasn't very far away. But uh, I, the hotel was not downtown. The club was. I got lost and I called the club and I'm like, "Yeah, I'm running late." And they're like, "Oh, okay. We'll just you know, just, just let us know when you get here." I, you know, it's a, it's it's sort of an older, somewhat east coast kind of city so it's i mean there's one-way streets uh there's not a lot of parking i went into a parking very tight parking lot parked my car said to the attendant hey i'm i have to go run in there i'm running late i'll but i'll i'll come i'll pay you back because i didn't have cash on me yeah i ran in i get there the show hasn't started yet there's no off-stage intro there's no Lights, no music cue, no nothing. Even though there's a booth back there, no, it's abandoned. Yeah, this guy just wanders up on stage and starts in front of a packed house. And of course, it's supposed to be a clean show. He swears, you know, it doesn't. Yeah. Then somebody sends him a note on stage and like a cue card, and he's like, "Oh, the feature's here." And and then he br- he brings me up. And, like, it's the funny thing is I'm very, like, rattled about having almost been missed the show and everything. And in spite of that, it's just uh, an electric, very hot crowd. And so I'm just getting this great response from them. Uh, And I do my time, and uh, I get off. And I remember Louie comes up, he does his set. After the show, in fact, I remember going up to the bartender and they hand me a, a check and they're like, oh, yeah, I just want you to know I did a great job and everything. You did a great job. And, you know, I'm like, I'm just kind of like, yeah, I'm coming back tomorrow, you know. And they're like, oh, OK. And I'm like, all right, this place is. Yeah, I'm just going to take this now. Yeah. I'll be back. Yeah. Oh, all right. That's a surprise. So. So he after the show, he yeah. wanted to get a ride. Back yeah, well, to it's the like with I, you know, I felt bad. I didn't want to introduce myself to him and you know just apologize, make sure everything was okay. And of course, you know, I've heard rumors about his personal life, and I just he, yeah. he had brought a guest set, a very young young man uh, who he saw potential in. I mean, no one else, no one, no one else did. No, yeah, no one else, no one. But what is this guy's <laughs> his talent? But yeah, yeah I mean, he was fine. But he's like, oh, he's very, <laughs> he's very special. I see something in. So wait, him. when you give a, when you give him a ride back to the hotel, does well, the I knocked on the door. Have to 
No, the other guy with the other the other kid the other kid was like driving all the way from New York. Holy shit! Yeah. So he came to do that set, and then he was going to drive. And he came back, back the New next York. night, and his parents were there with him. They, he was a very young kid. His parents were there, and they're like, "Oh, Louis's the just hell? the best." And I'm like, "Ha ha ha!" It's very Neverland Valley kind of <laughs> vibe, but moonwalks into a windowless. Yeah, van. thank you, thank you. <laughs> but so so i remember i said to like i said to louie in the bed I, I knocked on the makeshift green room which was of all things a closet but you know let's <laughs> and so i and i say i said to him well yeah i'm sorry about it he's oh you're really funny where are you staying by the way the hyatt and i was like oh me too can i have a ride and i'm like uh, you can you know <laughs> meanwhile you know memories of his blackmail scandal are flashing yeah. in my head and I meet him. I have to meet him out at the side door because you know he can't you know be greeted by the the public, yeah. the fawning public. And he comes out. He's dressed like Michael Moore or something. He's just got sweats <laughs> and a hat, sunglasses at night. Very inconspicuous. And I he's and I'm driving with him, and he says, and we get lost again too. And he's like, "Well, do you want to pull over?" And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "And so I pull over." Car pull, in drive pull, the whole pull time over into this rest area. Yeah, exactly, this exactly. Dark yeah. rest area. <laughs> yeah, I pull over into a very well lit gas station. <laughs> Car in drive. <laughs> get the direct, get the proper directions. Head back, and then he he says to me, "He's like, can we go to Arby's?" <laughs> like, yeah. And he goes, he orders like three bags of worth of food he's like do you want anything i'm like a, a sandwich i guess and he's like that's it i'm like yeah yeah i don't have to smother three, my feelings with three bagfuls yeah he, uh, he ordered a lot of food yeah <laughs> i i had john i don't do you know john russell john rochester minnesota oh i don't think i do no okay. i'm there next week by the way he uh he toured with the disgruntled clown for oh, a bit. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever worked with the disgruntled one time? Clown? One time. Okay. Yeah, the Steve Sabo gig, believe it or not. He uh, he told a story in the podcast about how like uh, how much of an overeater he is. You and don't say. After one of the shows, <laughs> and that's why it makes me laugh about the three bags of food. After one of the shows, um, John went back to his room, and and the clown went to his room, and then. John went down to like get some change for the soda machine, and he just happened to walk past the clown's room as Domino's was delivering three pizzas and three. four sandwiches. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> and he goes, "Hey, John, come on back. I got you a sandwich." And John's like, "No, you didn't. <laughs> you ordered a shit ton of food, and you're now you feel bad." <laughs> oh God. Oh. But you got him back safe. There wasn't any. Uh, oh any no, no. I, I mean, I mean, honestly, he couldn't have been nicer. And I mean, yeah. I think I'm a little. Well, too... I told you that I that I'd worked with him the yeah. whole time. Yeah. And I had my obligatory pop into the green room meet with him, and uh-huh. and it was right around the time that Krispy Kreme donuts had made their move to Minneapolis. Oh yeah. Stroll in there, and there's literally like seven to ten boxes oh, yeah. of just the regular glazed donuts on the table there. And they looked so good, and he was like, you know, you did a great job up there. I thought you were really funny. And I said, oh, thanks a lot. And I was like, 
I had to tell you, I'm eyeing up these donuts. You mind if I grab one of these? And he's like, no. <laughs> I was like, okay, it was nice meeting you. <laughs> You're going to eat all seven eat to ten all boxes? These. They're like, all the same, too. Yeah, there wasn't any variety. I don't know, man. They got those, uh, I think it's a baseball park in Illinois where they make hamburger sandwiches out of the donuts. Oh, yeah, the Luther Burger, yeah. Is that what it's called? It's named, yeah, Luther Vandross used to eat those. Yeah, used to. <laughs> what did Luther Vandross die of? Uh, Luther Burger. <laughs> Massive corn, <Yes>. Harry. <laughs> so you are a Detroit comedian, correct? Yeah. Born and raised? Uh, Dearborn, Michigan, yeah. I okay. spent most of my life there. You Where know? did you get your start out in Detroit? Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle was uh, my first open mic. Oh, cool. Yeah, I've never worked there before. Never, I, I was I just there last missing, weekend. I keep missing that that four day window when he does when he all books his when he does his booking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it the same four days every. I year? don't know. Yeah, I, get, I mean, yeah. September he starts in September. I mean, yeah. I I usually I usually email him right then. Yeah, have to uh, gets back get my shot there. But I yeah, uh, yeah, it's a great club. It's great. I've been going to Detroit for years, and mm. they. Uh, <clears throat> Chaplains was always an interesting place to work. Oh, Did you ever have any interesting stories I worked, with Billy? Out I there? worked at Chaplains more than I wanted to work there. <laughs> I don't have like any specific like memories of Billy other than you know. I wonder what he's doing. Him now pre- that the club I is closed. I don't know. Well, probably enforcing. I just pictured him, and I I always just pictured him after it went out of business. Sitting in an office like, uh, like, like the warden at the end of Shawshank, you know, <laughs> the IRS pounding on his door and just the Bible open. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where the pickaxe was. Yeah, and he's just fiddling with bullets into a gun. That's how chaplains went down. I had no idea. Did you I mean, ever, they had they had a club out there. Uh, Funny business tried to, I think, do another club out there for like five minutes before they moved into Joey's. On the east side of Detroit. I feel like it was called like uh, the- oh Carlin's. It was Carlin's. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. At the Shark Club. Did you ever do that? I did it one night. Yeah, and it was like it was. I remember in the initial phase, it was like one of those things. They always start. Oh, this is our first week, so we're doing uh, three nights, five shows. I'm like, well, you might want to <laughs> yeah, let's, let's see if we can get, down. get a show yeah, off the ground before we let's build some interest. Get ambitious in here, because I went there, and at the time that I went there, it was an it was a no hotel gig. Uh huh. And all it was was Friday, Saturday, one show each night. And the first night that I went there, I think we had like seven seven people. Oh, yeah. And it was brutal. And then I came back the next night, and there was actually, uh, I don't know, like 40 people in there, and it seemed like a, a nice thing. And uh, while I was on stage, there was this whole table full of people that were having like some kind of back and forth with the management or whatever, and I'm like, what's going on? And... I think it was a table of like 20 and she's like they're telling us that we have to pay for this comedy show and I go you guys didn't pay to get in and they were like no we just thought that this was something fun going on in the side room 
And I was like, yeah, no, this is a comedy show. Like, you have to pay. <laughs> and then she said something like, well, if we leave, who the hell are you going to do comedy for? Nobody will be left. And I said, it's not my call. So then <laughs> they literally threw out half the audience when I was like five minutes into my set. There was like barely 19 people in there after that. Oh, my God. It was just a... a and it was one of those things, too, where it was like february or something Uh and trying to drive around the horn of lake michigan and and yeah february is a lot of fun no no yeah (laughs) a lake effect bullshit yeah yeah it's it's all yeah it's awesome yeah i uh i like joey's i really like joey's i'd like to work uh the comedy castle out there at some point is there any other comedy clubs that Oh, the you work at the Ann Arbor. you work at the Ann Arbor Comedy yeah. Showcase. That's my favorite club. I, yeah. I love that club. That guy is so funny, man. Roger, Roger. he's the best. Yeah. I love Roger. I got done with my week there, and that was four years ago. Uh-huh. And he goes, Mark. He goes, I want to shake your hand. I think you're really funny. He goes, but the way we do things here is uh, we have a long rotation. <laughs> he's like, you'll probably be back and two to three years. And yeah. I went, oh, all right. Well, take care. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. So, it's kind of how it works. But, it was uh, good. I think we've come to the moment of five horrible questions. All right. So if you don't know on the on the podcast, if I have a guest, I ask them five horrible questions. Okay. And you have the ability to pass if you want. Oh, no, no. And uh, I doubt that uh, there's anything that's as bad that you need to pass on. No, probably not. Question one. If someone gave you $50 million to never tell another joke, would Uh you take it? Oh, Jesus Christ. Of course I would. But this is prefaced that ever, like in your regular life or with your friends or anything, would you take it? Oh, God. Yes. (laughs) Well, I mean, is you are a, literally the only comic that's ever said yes. Oh, the, the uh, well, the other ones are lying to you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, for one thing, it's like I mean, I'm not even. Let's see, if you say I never have to tell another joke again, I, I mean, I could probably still, I could probably still be funny, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't even have to. I mean, maybe I couldn't go on stage, but oh, you know, oh, oh darn! But what, then, what does push you into stand up, man? Uh, it was from a kid. Were you? Did you have a burning? Oh yeah, yeah. To do oh this? yeah, oh, absolutely. Okay. It was either uh, like I. It was either this or, or wrestling. Really, that's yeah. what I so always. Uh, and I wrestled in high school, and then oh, I got okay. like a. I just remember the thing about wrestling is like I enjoyed it. It was like a, a good work. I was actually one of the sports. I wish I'd done it longer because. Uh, I wasn't like agile or coordinated, but I was pr- pretty good at wrestling. And if I had had a lot more experience, I probably could have been a lot better at it. Yeah. But uh, I, yeah, no, I the th- I remember one time I did take a uh, a kid picked me up off the ground, and I did kind of land on my head, kind of like a back suplex or something. And I I guess it probably gave me enough of a concussion because I remember having enough of a headache. After that, I kind of be like, yeah, it's not for me. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next and, one. Yeah. Do your best famous person impression. Because uh, hmm. I do it like there's there's a couple I do. I have this very because I can do I can do a Christian Bale Batman. It's in, I do that oh, on yeah. stage sometimes. 
Sometimes I do uh, Sylvester Stallone. Where is he? Where is he? <laughs> wow, that's really good. <laughs> a hero can be anybody. Even a man doing something as simple and reassuring as putting a coat around a young boy's shoulders. <laughs> I, I, I haven't done that joke all weekend. It's like... <laughs> My thing about impressions is I can't just do them, so the, yeah. the bits that I've written with impressions in them are just very, like, long-witted yeah. and set up Did you ever notice that Bane had two different voices? Yeah. That, like, when he was in the quiet moments with Batman. Wow. It was like... <laughs> you can do Bane, too. I mean, my friend, I had a friend who showed me a trick where... Uh, Your back has been broken, my friend. Crawl out of the darkness, and then when he does the yeah. crowd scenes, you're he's probably like, wondering why you would shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane. <laughs> but he's got that one where yeah. it's like the crowd scenes, and yeah. he sounds like a vaudeville character. Yeah, <laughs> people of Gotham, and do you accept this man's resignation? <laughs> well, well, did you ever see the? Uh, well, the problem was like that because I, lo I actually love that movie. That's actually <laughs> yeah. my favorite one in that series. Even though I know it's not technically as good as The Dark yeah. Knight, I just think it's. I just love how ambitious and crazy it is. <laughs> yeah, but it's very good. Um, the when they, I remember a couple months. I can't even remember what movie it was. It was an IMAX, and they had the first that opening segment with Bane on the plane. Yeah. They did the uh, you went to the theater, and they showed you of the five the first five minutes of the movie, and the prologue. Yeah, and people complained that they couldn't understand what Bane was saying. <laughs> so when they released it again. They had Tom Hardy redo a lot of the uh, audio, and they turned the volume up. And to me, one of the problems with that movie is that, you know, a lot of the times when Bane talks, not every time, because some of the stuff was perfectly audible as is, yeah. but a lot of them, when he talks, he sounds like he's clearly in a studio. Yeah. So like to me, it kind of takes me out of the talk, movie. Talking in a can yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly, So yeah. you because you can tell he's not on set. All right, next question. All right, all right, cool. Name a comic that you don't get along with and why. Ah, oh, man. Are there uh, any comics you don't get along with? Uh, let's see. Comics I don't... I, Jesus, I got... Uh, Anybody rub you the wrong way? Oh, a lot of people, a ton of people. <laughs> but it's like, I don't... No rivals. God, uh, no arch nemesises. There's a guy. Uh, I mean, uh, I'll, I, I will go on record in saying, saying that no one has ever rubbed me more the wrong way as a human being, <laughs> as uh, Mike Gardner from Indianapolis. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, that's one of the worst people I've ever met. Oh my god. I don't care who knows that. <laughs> What the hell happened? He didn't do any. Like it's like he didn't really. He didn't do anything to me personally. We it was just yeah. when we did trial by laughter yeah. together, and I just remember all weekend. Just what a fucking douchebag this guy is. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there's other stories people can tell, and they're not for me to tell. Yeah. 
but I remember it was like a thing where my friends would just like like there was like Trevor Smith, Ricardo Flanagan. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, they could just tell when like we would be in like a green room together, like just the the way I would just because I apparently like. I've been told that if I like somebody or if I don't like somebody, it's really obvious. Noticeable. Yeah. yeah. See, my, Mike is uh, is a good friend of mine, uh-huh. but I know how many people don't like him. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny to me because... How the fuck are you friends with that guy? <laughs> See, that's the thing. Uh-huh. It's like... There's been many occasions in my life where I've been friends with somebody. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, you're a good and, guy. Though. Yeah. yeah. People like you. But I'm like, I mean? I'm friends with them. And but they have this other side uh-huh. that for whatever reason it is when we're in the quiet moments that I never see it. Uh-huh. Like um, we both kind of struggle with the same kind of things in our life, and I guess it's kind of like a kindred spirit type of thing. Where uh-huh. we have a lot of the same things to talk about. Like he does have that mentality of like you know f- fighting for his piece of the pie type of thing and they can obviously come off as very arrogant to some people and the sense of like pushing anybody out of the way to get what they need type of thing uh-huh. but it's just like uh i was friends with this guy in canada his name was jay brown and uh-huh. we traveled everywhere together and everybody that i talked to they were like wow that must have been a hell of a time huh like he was this horrible person uh-huh but for whatever reason, like we had the same interests and we clicked with each other. But I kept uh-huh. hearing all this stuff about how he was—he uh, had a short fuse. He would antagonize people on purpose. He would uh, start fights for no uh-huh. reason, and I never saw any of that. And it was so funny because we got done with our tour, got back to the hotel. We separated to our hotel rooms. I went down to the hotel bar and I walked in on him choking a man oh, at geez. the bar. <laughs> and I went, Jay. And he uh-huh. goes, Hey, man. He goes, This guy touched the waitress inappropriately. So I'm choking him the fuck out. Oh, and yeah. I was like, Wow. So there's that guy. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> you know? And it's just like, I don't know. You know, I don't talk to him on the phone every day and, and, uh, you know hang out with him uh-huh. all the time but uh i do consider him a close friend and, uh-huh. and we talk a lot about you know personal issues and stuff but uh-huh. i definitely know he is one of those guys that polarizes pretty much everybody in the comedy business so he polarizes either you like him or you despise so, his so guts seems like that's that's everyone else i know and you <laughs> You've never met another guy that likes Mike Gardner? Not really. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I can tell, though, that that me beating him, uh, Uh, it still bothers him. Of course. Of (laughs) course, because that means something to somebody like that. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it doesn't... I don't give... I've come in third and fourth in contests like that. I don't don't give a fuck. literally the only one I've ever won. Who gives a shit? It doesn't... It's not a real thing. That's the thing, and then I've because that's the other thing too, where it's like I've been in festivals and placed higher than and made it the finals and placed higher than people who got way more out of the festival than I. They were doing so much better than I am now. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Well, Dwight York always has a story where he won the San Francisco Comedy Festival. Uh And the guys that came in second, third, and fourth all got TV deals yeah. and, and studio things and shit. And he got nothing except for the whatever it was, the $5,000 check. Well, it's exactly. exactly. 
And it's like I remember, like I did the Laughing Skull this year, and I remember I was I took fourth, and I'm like, I was thinking about it this, like this weekend, and like, it's like one of those things where like uh, just for laughs, you know, like yeah, two two of the four people on that stage uh, are new faces this year. I'm not one of them. I can't <laughs> speak for the other guy who had ever done it before, but it was just like one of those things where yeah. uh, you know, and then I'm like, I remember I, I I ran into Jeff Singer from Just for Laughs in New York when he was at a dress for laughs audition which i was on none of yeah. uh and he's like oh this he introduces me to somebody he's like oh this is matt he did a great job at laughing skull this year and you're just standing there you're like oh yeah i did <laughs> yeah didn't i <laughs> how about you give me a fucking chance all i have there. to show for it is a check for two hundred dollars <laughs> did you frame that no i, I deposited <laughs> it are you kidding me next question uh what is the meanest thing you've done to someone on purpose? Uh, uh, man. Um, oh, God. Uh, you do still have one past if you want to use No, it. no, I'm not passing any of this stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I done, done some pretty uh, God. So, I mean, I because I, I'm not I'm not an inherently uh, mean person. I I, yeah. I I got a lot of I have a me like it's like I have a mean streak in me, mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah, I I I I I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't anybody know. Anybody down the stairs? Or? Oh no, nothing like that. Well, I don't like one time food money from somebody one time when i was little we were right we were i was riding bikes with my family and like i just i just uh i don't know what the word what the the word i just like my little sister was on her bike and i just had this i just motored down on her bike (laughs) it's like one of those things where you're like eight or nine and you just have the impulse to do it and And then you do and then you're and then you're like what the fuck did i do that for (laughs) Like that's the like thing that. people don't realize about being ch- like children, and sometimes <laughs> like they just, and it's not TV, or it's not you know, no. they they just have violent impulses sometimes. <laughs> They're animals. There, when I was a kid, uh-huh. I was maybe like seven or eight, and my uh-huh. brother was eleven, and I don't know what it was, but I just had this impulse uh, to go into my sister's bedroom and just scream in her face because uh-huh. <laughs> she was. Well, if I was eight, she was like five, <laughs> and we were just like sitting up, and and my brother's like, "You look like you have something to say," and I'm like, "I got this great idea. Come with me." And he's like, "Where are we going?" And I, we just keep going towards my sister's bedroom, and he's like, "What are we doing?" And I'm like, "Shh, it's gonna be hilarious." And we go in there, and I just like creep down to her face, and I just screamed at the top of my lungs. And then I ran out of her bedroom and I got back in bed and I left him in there. <laughs> it's just one of those things. That fell flat. Mm-hmm. No, it's okay. Uh, all right. No, I zoned out for a second. That's Sorry, all right. I got I got on my own head. I'm like, ah, there has to be something else mean I did. Final question. Uh-huh. Usually it's uh, if you're married, the question is reveal something you've never told your wife on the oh, podcast. God. <laughs> no. People have answered it, which surprises uh, me. That problem. Uh, so yours will be, uh, have you ever intentionally broken the law and got away with it? <sighs> intentionally broken the law and got away with it. Well, geez, I, I think I do that 
on a daily basis on the road, you know. <laughs> Behind well, the wheel, behind the wheel of a car, yeah, constantly. Maybe I should change that question yeah. to: Have you ever uh, broken the law intentionally for something that would put you in jail Ooh. and gotten away with it? Maybe uh, I should change that question. Yeah, that's my big problem. I'm not because I guess everybody breaks the law all yeah. day, every day. Well, I'm a pretty like I'm a pretty rigid kind of black and white kind of yeah. moral person sometimes. I don't know. I, I stole a mint from one time. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You know, I don't know. I, I, right. I, I you wouldn't go to we'll jail take for that. that. We'll take yeah. that. Do you uh, have anything you'd like to promote? Uh, I don't know. Twitter I guess no. yeah. My Twitter is at Matt McClowry. It's spelled exactly like my name. My album uh, Uncomfortable. That's available on Amazon and iTunes. Uh, nice. Maybe if this, this is coming, what is this coming out before next week? It'll be. Uh, so this upcoming Wednesday is going to be Stu, and and then ah, it'll be next Wednesday. Christ. So, well, that, that I can release yours this Wednesday. Oh. Do you need some promotion? I don't know if it would. Would it help? <laughs> it's possible. Well, I know. I just. Who I knows? Mean, well, I mean, yeah, I'm going to be at uh, Goonies in Rochester, Minnesota, oh, yeah. with uh, my friend Brad Wenzel opening okay. for me. That's a funny guy, didn't he? Yeah. Just win, uh, oh, he's doing so much better than I am he just right won now. Mid, yeah. Midwest comedy. He uh, won the Great American, uh, Great American Comedy yeah. Festival. He won like the Cleveland Comedy Festival. He did new Just for Laughs, New Faces last year. He did Just uh, for Laughs. Yeah. Holy shit, man! That yeah, man. Blowing up. Yeah, he's uh, he's like this weekend. He was doing a bunch of shows. Ironically, in New York, well, I'm, you know, because I moved there, yeah, and I'm not, I haven't been there in weeks, in fact, just because I've just been, uh, I've just been in the Midwest doing, doing clubs, sure, but, uh, yeah. so we got, uh, Uncomfortable, yes, on iTunes, Matt yeah. McClowry on Twitter, uh huh, and, uh, you got uh, Goonies coming up next week. Are you anywhere after Goonies uh, the next week? Not for I'm going. I'm going back to New York for a minute. Okay. Well, you know, if you're in New York, doing shows around there, I'll keep you posted. Check it out. Yeah. You'll see Matt McClowry. He's a very funny guy. Thank you so much for right. being on the podcast. Oh, thank sir. you, Mark. I hope you yeah. had a good time. Yeah, most definitely. Thank you. And that was my interview with Matt McClowry. He's a good guy. I'm glad he was able to be on the show. So check him out. At his Twitter and Facebook, and uh, go get his new album, which is on iTunes, uh, called "Uncomfortable." It uh, it's good, man. And uh, as always, you can get the podcast at uh, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Tuned In, and uh, check out LargeDrunkMan.com for my upcoming dates and my live streaming radio. And uh, yeah, thanks again for tuning in and. Tune in next time when we talk about who knows. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of this podcast and new intercontinental podcast champion, Mark Poulos.